Katie Thomas, you know something about podcasting, but according to what I'm seeing, there are billions of podcasts in the world. Everyone's too busy to listen to them, especially accountants. They're too busy to create them, too busy to listen, too busy doing everything. So just to get the numbers right, there are 5 million podcasts around the globe. And there are, between those 5 million, there are around 70 million episodes. And with the 7 million episodes, there are an estimated 465 million listeners. But if you think that sounds like a lot of podcasts, so first just to address how many there are, compare that to 40 million YouTube channels and 1.13 billion websites. So if you're telling me that there are too many podcasts, then what about websites? Are you going to say it's too saturated to have a website? Of course not. So what is the point of talking about podcasts? I think we have to go back to how are people getting information today? So the people that you're probably trying to reach, whether these are clients, these are prospective clients, these are team members, future team members, they are getting information in a new way. They are on social media channels. They're in Slack groups. They're listening to podcasts. They are consuming information and then they're going out and they're sharing this with their peers. And for you as an accountant or a finance professional, for you to reach your goals, you have to figure out a way that you can be part of that information that they're consuming. And podcasting is a great way to do this because whenever you have a podcast, okay, of course, people, they can tune in and listen to you directly, but you can take that podcast and you can cut it up into social media clips. You can put a blog on your website. You can use it to send out a newsletter. So this podcast can really spearhead a lot of your other content efforts that the people that you want to reach, they're absolutely going to be consuming. Further, I mean, think about this podcast, Rob. You have gotten to connect with so many people around the globe that without this podcast, you likely wouldn't be able to do. So when you have a podcast, you can invite people onto your platform. People love to share what they're passionate about, what they're knowledge about. And at, for you, you get to build that relationship. Now, as accountants and finance professionals, we often are worried about the ROI. Everything has to make an ROI sense. And I understand that. I'm the same way. But it's hard to place a value on the relationship itself, those relationships that you're building uh, with not only the guests, if you're having guests on, but also the people that are consuming your content. But even beyond that, a lot of times you can get your podcast sponsored. So there is a way for the podcast itself to pay for itself outside of those super valuable relationships. And I'm just going to hit on one other benefit because I could go on about the benefits for a really long time is podcasting is a way that you can build parasocial relationships. So you don't have to go out one by one to all these people listening to your podcast or consuming your content that your content that's a byproduct of that podcast. But rather, those people, they feel like they know you, they like you, they trust you, but you're doing it on a mass scale where it's not like you have to have a conversation one-on-one -on -one with all these people. So those are a few of the reasons why podcasting is absolutely worth it, and it's not oversaturated at all. That's brilliant. So let's summarize. There's not as many podcasts out there as we think. There's not as many right. podcasts out there as we think. There is... There are many different channels and routes to share content and podcasting is, is as good as or maybe better than a lot of them out there. 
it's not as crowded and noisy as social media. You can build an intimate relationship with your audience. You can be very specific about your content. And there are so many ways to utilize that podcast for, you said, return on investment, talking to amazing people that you otherwise wouldn't get to, having incredible conversations, getting lots of market intelligence. So I am convinced. I mean, you and I are both podcasters, so we're, we're sold anyway. But we're here to convince accountants, CPAs, professionals that this is a really good route to market for them. And talk to us about personal brand, Katie, because accountants as a breed, they're used to being in the background. They tend to be introverts. They maybe stand behind a marketing department that will do all the branding for their firm. But this is about bringing out their personality a little bit, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And when you think about being an accountant and working with clients, people are working with you. They aren't saying, I want to work with Joe, your staff, even if your staff member is doing a lot of the work, a lot of times their relationship is with you. And branding for your firm as a whole is the sum of the people's brand in your firm. So a lot of times people are like, well, I, I don't want to be the face of my firm, or I don't want to be the only one that's the brand. I have a firm. I have a company. That's fine. You're a piece of that brand. And people, they connect, they buy, they trust from people. And so if you want to diversify, then get other people involved in helping build that brand. But that doesn't excuse you from being a part of it. Let's talk about some of the common roadblocks to podcasting. There are objections. People listening, watching this will think, okay, well, it's okay for Katie. She's got a great brand. She's been doing this a long time. It's okay for Rob. When you start to have conversations with your CPA clients, accounting clients about podcasting, what are some of the roadblocks they throw in your way? Yeah. So I love that you already brought up, are there too many podcasts? And we kind of talk through it being not being too saturated. So after that roadblock, it's really, okay, well, I don't have an audience. And so I always say, that's okay. How do you create an audience? Mm-hmm. And one of the major keys to creating an audience is creating content and providing value for people. So as we spoke about, the podcast can really be the spear of all of your other content efforts so that you can show up, record this podcast, say once a week. And then from there, a team, they can take that and just produce all the rest of your content. And then usually once it's like, okay, it's not too saturated. I understand this can help me build an audience. Okay, if I don't have one now, the next thing is like, well, how do I actually get started? So the first thing you really want to do is determine your niche. Who is it for? You really want to go narrow. If you try to appeal to everyone, you're going to appeal to no one. I mean, think about this as a listener of this podcast. You tune in because it's a podcast for accountants and professionals in the accounting space. If Rob, if you said this podcast, it's for professional service providers, or it's just for professionals as a whole, or it's for people working in businesses. No one would be like that aligns with me. Of course not. That's too broad. So go really narrow. And then the next thing to think about is, okay, you know who this podcast is for, but what is the theme? So a lot of times I'll see people, they're like, great, I'm an accountant. I do tax planning, advisory, and CFO services for certain niche, let's say construction companies. And then they're like, I'm just going to talk just about on my podcast those things. You need to think 
about how you can bring value to that audience as a whole. So maybe you also talk about growth tactics. You talk about project management strategies. You talk about different technology that they could be using or marketing strategies. And you don't need to be an expert in all these areas because depending on how you want to structure your your podcast, you might be bringing on guests that could be the experts in those areas, which this leads me to my next point is to think about what do you want that structure to look like? Do you want to have solo episodes? Do you want to bring on guests? Do you want a combination? Do you want to do live ask me anythings and turn those into episodes? There's not a right or wrong way, but it has to make sure it fits with your niche and the theme of your podcast. And don't be afraid to pick one way, like say, hey, I just want to take this solo to start and then start bringing on guests. There's there's not a right or a wrong way to start as long as you just start. So those are some, some common roadblocks. I'd say the next thing that comes up is like, okay, well, what kind of equipment do I need? And I always say, before you've recorded and released some episodes, don't get caught up in having this really fancy equipment because you want to make sure it's something that you're going to stick with. So investing up front in a decent webcam and a nice microphone, spending a couple hundred dollars if you don't have those things, that's good. And that's not going to likely break the bank. And plus those things, those can be used on Zoom meetings or other virtual meetings that you're having with your team and your client anyway. So then, you know, even if you decide you don't want to keep up with the podcast, you have those things down the road. It's great to give people some first steps. Let me ask you another couple of questions. There's a misconception that we see so many podcasts out there. We listen to them and there's the Joe Rogans of the world and the Dave Ramsey with his financial wealth show. There's Stephen Barlett here in the UK, Diary of a CEO. These are big shows with millions of followers. We're not talking about that, are we? If you have 100, 200, 500, 1,000 followers, that's good enough, Katie, isn't it? Absolutely. It's so much better to have those. There's a book called A Thousand True Fans. Mm. To get those few true fans, you don't need a big audience for this podcast to bring great value to you and your firm. It's just having those people, creating those parasocial relationships like we talked about. and that's ultimately, that's how you're going to make a huge impact. And when you start like looking at what you're doing day to day, I think that's what we're all after is to create a big impact. And a podcast absolutely can do that while also bringing you the ROI that you're looking for. And you touched on perhaps three different styles of shows. If you are confident and you've got a lot to say, you can do a solo and just turn your microphone on and your webcam on and and go for it. If you're a little bit more introverted, do you want to be more of that reporter expert or commentating or interviewing people? You can do that and even split that one up. You can go face to face with people and, and get some equipment that with a microphone that sits between you, Katie, couldn't you? And do that in a coffee shop or something and, and, or online virtually and get a guest on. So there's a few different ways to go. Yeah, exactly. There's something that can suit everyone and. If someone's listening to this and they're like, okay, I would love to do a podcast. I'm a little bit nervous or introverted. Yep. And so thinking about recording myself, that makes me really nervous. Maybe you even just start with an audio only podcast. So a lot of people now record video podcasts, but you don't have to do that to start. 
Some people find that they're more comfortable doing a solo episode, no camera on, just getting started that way. So there's so many options. And until you do it, you probably won't become comfortable. So the best thing to do is jump in and try. I'm glad you brought up the video angle for many years. My podcast was audio only. I did my interviews back on Skype pre-COVID pandemic times. And that was really the only platform I could get an audio recording and a conversation with somebody. How important is video, at least at some point down the line, Katie, to bring some visual element to what is essentially an audio conversation? I believe video is one of the best and quickest ways that you can establish trust with your audience. It's not to say it's required. There's a lot of Great creators out there, for example, Justin Welch, he's super popular on LinkedIn. He never does video. So that's not to say if you're really against doing video that you have to do it. However, as people create more content through platforms like ChatGPT and use AI to create content, I think the video aspect becomes even more important. And yeah, there are platforms also coming out that can create videos of you that are AI generated. But today... I haven't seen ones that look totally real. And so as of now, as we're recording this, video is something that's like, okay, they're clearly real. They don't have someone behind them creating this content for them. Because as we know, you can have a content creator. You can have ghostwriters. There's famous authors that don't write their own books. But you can't have someone sitting on the camera in front of the camera for you right now. And so that just adds a deeper layer of trust that you can build with your audience when you are willing to show up and be on video. That's great. It's authentic. Let's circle back on this idea. We say niching, you call it niching. We can't be everything to everybody. So we've got to pick a lane. We've got to perhaps niche in terms of an audience that we want to serve, a sector, a vertical. We might even have to niche in terms of What we're offering them, I know an accounting firm, they only do audit for oil rigs. Wow. We know accountants for for, for the wine industry, for the dental industry, for realtors. And some of them only do advisory for realtors. Some of them only do compliance for realtors. So there's lots of different ways. Talk to us a little bit about going through that decision-making process and how you help people decide. That's a great question, Rob. And as someone's thinking about, okay, where do I want to niche? You really want to think about not only where can you add the most value, but who do you like working with? Yeah, that's good. Because if you don't like as a whole that practice, if you're not interested in learning about things outside of accounting, like their their legal ramifications, their software, if you wouldn't enjoy going to their niche trade shows and conferences and being around others that are passionate about the industry, then you're picking the wrong one. A common niche or niche, however we want to say it, that comes up whenever someone hasn't picked one is I'm going to go after medical professionals. And it's like, okay, why? And it's like, well, they can afford to pay a lot of money. Like, okay, a lot of people can afford for your services. Pick one that you actually really like. And then something else that I think is important to consider is A lot of times firm owners, they're scared of alienating other either clients or even prospects. But this doesn't mean that you're you have to say no to others. As you get deeper into your niche and you built out your practice, you'll probably get to a point where you are comfortable turning them down. But this 
to start at least, it doesn't mean you have to say goodbye to those clients or if other clients come to you wanting your help, it simply gives you a focus when you're going out and marketing your services on, okay, where do I need to be? What kind of language do I need to use? What people do I need to be talking to? What podcast should I try to get on? Otherwise, it's just like you, whenever you created your podcast, if you're making it for everybody, you're making it for no one. And same with marketing. You have to appeal to somebody or you're going to appeal to nobody. Yeah. Now, some of the people listening, watching our show, they are self-employed. They are the boss. They own the firm. They've got the autonomy, the flexibility, the power to do their own thing, be their own brand. They're the ambassador. Other people, we get a lot of vendors, software accounting tech vendors listening to the show. They're employed. A lot of accountants, CPAs, they're in the ranks, if you like. They're directors, they're associates, they're partners. So they're beholden to somebody. They can't put anything they like on social media. They've got to be a little bit careful. And building a personal brand is slightly more delicate if you're on somebody else's payroll. So what would you say to them, Katie, that are inspired by you talking here and they want to do something, but there perhaps might be some constraints? So this is also a topic that comes up a lot. I think that everyone should be building a personal brand, whether they're an owner of a firm, an employee of a firm, employee at a tech company. Everyone should build a personal brand. Why should because they? Because those relations. Whatever you want to do in life, your personal brand is going to help you get that, get there. If you want to someday get a new job, that personal brand is going to be critical in you doing so. If you want to advance in your career, though that personal brand is, I promise you, going to give you more opportunities. If you want to write a book, that personal brand is going to be crucial to you doing something with this book that you created. So there's value for every single person to create a personal brand. And if you are an employee and your company doesn't support you doing this and you going out, out and creating this brand respectfully of your company, so of course you can't be bashing on where you're working or bashing on the people, but that's not what creates a brand anyway, a good one. So if you're going to go about it the right way and your company doesn't support you, are you at the right company? Because do they want what's best for you long-term? And if you can't answer that and say yes, then maybe it's time to find somewhere else to work. You want an employer that's going to help you express yourself, share your ideas, and hopefully they'll see that in doing that, you will be an ambassador exactly. of that brand, of that corporate brand. Yeah, it's a huge benefit to the company if you're willing to do that. I think about like Will Lopez at Gusto. He has a great personal brand, but when you see Will online, he's repping Gusto even if he never talks about them. So I think he's a great example that if someone is listening to this and they are at a company or a firm and they want to see someone that has a great brand online that's not the owner of the business, look at Will. Yeah. Let's talk about the price to pay for running a podcast. There are two key resources. One is time. The other is money. So give mm -hmm. the audience here a sense, Katie, of what's involved, maybe with a weekly show. It sounds a lot to them. It needn't be that much, but give us a flavor of time taken by a podcast. And then we'll perhaps look at some of the financial costs and what you spend money on in a podcast. But let's start with time because accountants are busy people, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I think that I'm going to be an accountant, their favorite answer. It depends. 
But a podcast, like if you're trying to do it yourself, there's a huge range of time it could take because are we recording it with just audio and video? Once we record it, are we adding ads to the podcast? Uh, what's the intro and outro look like? Is that always going to be the same? Is it going to be different? Once we produce the show and go through and edit it, um, are we? what are we doing with it to promote the episode? So are we sharing clips on social media? Well, now we need to create those video clips and we need to create the text caption that goes with them. We also probably, if we have guests, need to share that with our guests so it makes it really easy for them to share those. Uh, do we need to put this on our blog? What's that strategy look like? Or it could just be super basic and maybe we have an intro and an outro on our podcast. We're just posting audio. And so we need to edit the podcast a little bit. There's a huge range, even within the sound edit. What are we cutting out? Maybe we cut out nothing. That's really going to vary from person to person and what their preferences are and what they want. So it depends. The worst answer of all. When I was back in the early days of my podcast, I did a very tight edit and I did it myself on some audio editing software called Soundforge. And uh, I didn't like the no's and the ums of my guests. So I would take them all out. Every little space as well. It took me maybe three, four hours to edit a 20, 30 minute podcast, but it was yeah. tight and it was a passion and I was enjoying it. But then it gets to the point where you you can't do it all yourself, but you do want some quality right. and you do want to bring in some some enhancements, if you like. So just talk us through when a podcast moves from a one-person venture to a team. That is also an answer. I would say it really depends right. on the person. If they enjoy and want to learn how to edit and manage their own podcast, it's likely not a good spot to spend your time unless this is just something you're really passionate about. Sure. I also think it's worth working with a professional up front and an agency that can be like, okay, before we launch your podcast, here's what we need to do. We'll create the cover art for you. You approve it. We'll create the description for you. You approve it. We'll give you scripts for the intro and outro. You can just read them, record them in Riverside or another studio. We'll put it all together for you. Oh, by the way, here's your jingle. And let us know if you want a different one or maybe here's three alternatives. So they'll help you do all these things, get it set up on a platform that can then push your episodes out to Apple, Spotify, all the different platforms that people are tuning in on. And then they'll also help you stay consistent because if you hired a team to edit a weekly podcast episode for you, you're likely going to show up to record that episode if you know that you owe them a bill at the end of the month. So what we like to do for our clients, at least, and I think every agency is going to work a little bit different, is we want them to only show up to record. So we handle everything else. Most of our clients don't even listen to their episodes to approve them. They're always there. But we do everything from editing the episodes, getting them published, giving them their social media clips, putting blogs on their website sending the marketing materials out to their guests, uh, everything, so that it's just turnkey. They just show up to record the episodes. That's such a dream, isn't it? When all you need to do is that you want to do. Just that recording, just that interview, just prepare that little 10 minutes or so, and, and you record that into your phone even. So it's all doable. When we start talking about team and costs and having other people do elements of it, and you've described that there's so much more to a podcast than clicking record, 
need it be a really expensive thing that you've got to get in loads of sponsors or find a few thousand dollars a month, Katie? What are we looking at? You can find someone to help you good for on a podcast if you're just doing audio for pretty affordable. If you're looking for more the turnkey approach, yeah. you're going to be looking at spending a couple thousand dollars a month if you want all of those assets and more of that just white glove service where you're showing up and that's it. So as little or as much as you want to invest, I think it comes down to how much time do you want to put into this and how many people do you want to manage? Because if you go to an agency, they're just going to likely have all the people on staff to handle it for you rather than you have to go out and you find a social media person, you find a video editor, you're going to find a sound editor. So there can be a lot of people that you have to manage. In terms of frequency, is once a month too little? Do you lose contact with an audience, lose a bit of momentum? What would you recommend on frequency of a show? At least once a week, once a week. Okay. is what we recommend. I don't know anyone that has a podcast that I personally listen to that comes out once a month that keeps my interest. I don't watch a TV show that comes out once a True. month and would keep my interest. So you need to show up frequently, often, and make sure that each episode has something that you know your viewers will enjoy. So put some thought into what you're going to be talking about or what guests you want to bring on. I would say those guests that you choose, it's fine to bring on guests that maybe aren't as well known in the industry, but if you are a brand new podcast, if you can get some guests that are really well known, that's going to really help because hopefully they share your episode with their audience. And so it's a way for your podcast to gain traction a bit quicker. And once you have those listeners, it's a lot easier to retain them. And then hopefully those listeners also share it with their audience. Now you're a qualified accountant. I'm not. I'm a former high school math teacher, but we're both comfortable with the numbers. If we ran a quick example and said, okay, you... You spend $1,000 a month on a podcast, fairly basic, but you get the basis covered and you bring out a show week, that's $250 an episode. So that's $12,000 a year. If you get one client from that, that covers it and allows you to do this passionate project that you really want to do. And who knows, we're starting very small there, aren't we? But it could wash its face, as we say. Exactly. And not just even picking up one client, which... If you've niched and you're providing the right value and you're doing the right promotional strategy, you should think about the prospects that you've talked to. Mm -hmm. That helps you like they probably are watching you and following you other places. It helps you substantiate and validate who you are and that you're an expert in what you do. So it's working towards a lot of things as well as team members. Recruiting talent is one of the biggest challenges the industry is facing right now. Talent wants to be a part of something great, and they need to know that you're great before they can join you. So podcasting is another way that we've seen help people. I want to be with that firm. Yeah. It's exciting times for a world where we want to consume things. We want to know what other people are thinking. We want to know what other people are doing. That curiosity factor. We want to look over the garden wall and see what they're growing mm -hmm. and in their medicine cabinet and see what they're taking to solve problems and in their bait box to see what they're using to catch the fish that they're catching. So there's that hunger for information. Answer me the question about time. 
if accountants are particularly busy season, they're thinking, well, I can't do a podcast a week. I just, for that month, I haven't got any time to do anything. So I'm just going to have a big lull in my show. There's a smarter way to approach it, isn't there? Yeah. So before we even release a podcast, so it's a brand new podcast, before we'll release that first episode, they have to have six episodes recorded in, in the backlog. And then we're constantly monitoring, okay, what's been recorded, what's coming up, what's on the schedule to record so that there's never this period, even if they take a month or two off during tax season, we either have enough episodes we can see in the backlog that need to be edited and pushed out and we can see, okay, when's their next topic scheduled to go out? And you that's the great thing about podcasting. You can batch as much content as you want and in a way, disappear from the podcast for a while, but it's still going out like you've always been there. There's a couple of other good aspects of podcasting too. One is the longevity of a podcast because we know that a social media post is probably out of date in 48 hours. But talk to us about the long tail of a podcast. You probably get people listening to your episodes that came out a year ago, but they'll have a listen today. It'll get a download tomorrow. Yeah, so when we look at analytics from our podcast that we produce and manage, We still see episodes that were created months or even years ago. They'll still get a download. If they've been optimized with the right title or even like a guest that people would be searching for, then people will go back and listen to those for forever. Mm -hmm. And so having those right topics and the right guests, that's really important in your content. Like you said, it continues to show up. It's kind of like YouTube and you can put your podcast on YouTube. YouTube, it can be your evergreen content machine. Well, podcasts can feed that and it can constantly, it can constantly keep popping up and getting in front of people. And accountants love data. Talk to us about the amount of data you can get from a podcast. You mentioned analytics briefly. You can go on Spotify and Apple and YouTube and and really dig into the metrics behind who's listening and and what are they listening on and everything else. So there's a, a richness of data there, Katie, isn't there? Absolutely. You can get so much information and you can get information not just on the people and what they're, uh, where they're at, what their gender is, um, where they're like located, what they're listening on, but you also get good insight on what they truly care about. And so topics that you should make sure that you're bringing up in conversations with your audience, like uh, prospects or additional your existing clients. That's really important as well. This has been great, Katie. Leave us with some words of inspiration for accountants at all levels, implied and self-implied, selling their own ship, doing their own thing, even working in industry and not in practice, who are excited by the idea of a podcast. What would be your words of inspiration to them to get them moving? The people that you listen to and look up to that have podcasts, they are no different than you. They aren't special. They're not unique. They just decided to take a chance and start. And likely when they started, they weren't very good, but they've gotten better because they got started. So for anyone that wants to start, you should absolutely start. Just record that first episode and keep going, keep going forward. And quickly, you can help them, can't you? This is one of the many things that you do. So what kind of ways would you help somebody? Yeah, absolutely. This is one of our main service offerings. So we'll help you completely launch your podcast from 
the initial phase of determining its title, getting its cover art, writing its description, the intro, the outro, some of those things that we talked about will help you get it fully set up and then we'll manage it ongoing so that you have that weekly episode going out as well as all the marketing on the back end. Uh, we help create the social media clips. We help send them to your guests on the show. We put a blog on your website. So you really do just show up to record for 45 minutes a week. And if that sounds like something you're interested, then just go to leaders-online.com and we can get you started right away. Katie Thomas, that's been wonderful. We are inspired to get into the podcast arena and uh, show our expertise. Thank you so much for your passion and your insights today. Thanks for having me on, Rob. Love chatting about this.